please, tonight. We're going to look at this passage and we'll um, in verses, Psalm 57 and a little bit as well. Psalm 143, we're going to read the first 11 verses and then I'll get straight into it and I'll be as quick as I can. Click because I know you want to pray, which is good. <clears throat> Just going to follow along as I read. It says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness, answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground, he hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have, long, uh, that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is, is desolate. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all thy works, I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land sealer. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. I'll read verse 12 just for context's sake. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. Why don't we pray? Ask God to help me, and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for the songs we've been able to sing. And I do appreciate, Lord, those that have come um, out to, to pray and also to be involved in church and to hear the preaching. Please just help me to, um, to deliver your word in truth and may you use it to encourage someone here tonight. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This year has been one of the toughest years that I've had for quite a while. Um, you know that sort of year where you look back and, uh, at what's taken place and you think, how did I get through that? I don't know if you, if you ever do that. Uh, I know it's we're in the, I guess, the getting close to the middle of December. I know a lot of people, they reflect on the year gone by. For me, uh, I got to reflect on this as I, as I was preparing this. And I really thought it's been a really tough year. It's been a really hard year. Um, it's been very hard emotionally. It's been a lot of different situations from every aspect of my life. Whether it's been work, whether it's been family, or even... Um, I'll word it right, um, social, um, I have some social issues as well that have left me, I guess, spiritually bruised and battered. Um, and in some of these situations, I found myself struggling to know what to do or even how to cope. All right, now, maybe you've had that same sort of thing happen to you this year. Maybe you can reflect and think, yeah, it's been a pretty tough year. Well, I hope tonight this will be a help to you. In Psalm 143 we find David describing some things that he's been going through that were obviously a difficult time for him and, and possibly not knowing what to do as well. It all starts in 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you want to turn there, you can. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, we'll start reading in verse 5, and this will kind of give you <clears throat> a little bit of context 
<coughs> excuse me, a little bit of context of why David is really having a hard time, why he is struggling. So first time we're 18, we're going to read verse 5. And it says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tabrets, with joy, and with, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they've only ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? Now notice this next verse. And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. Saul eyed David from that day and forward. Something clicked or something snapped inside of Saul and he had it in for David from that day onwards. And, and tonight's message, the title is, When Life Eyes You. Something happens and it seems like life has its eye on you and life wants to do everything to hurt you, to get you down. And David's in this situation now just because of circumstances that have arisen in his life, not that he sought fame or popularity, but because of him doing what he was doing, people saw him in a different light and it was like he, it was like he rose to some sort of, to some sort of star, um, star status and the people attributed, uh, I guess, David to ten thousands of kills but only Saul to thousands and Saul didn't like that. And from that day forward, Saul had it in for David. David was going to get killed. Saul was going to do whatever it, to do whatever it took to get to David. And poor old David, Saul has eyed him. And I think about my problems and I think, David had it so much worse than me. Nobody wants to kill me. No one's out to destroy my life. <clears throat> no one's out to, to take away everything I have. But life can just get tough. But poor old David, consider him. So how do you think David handled going through the situation where, where Saul was after him, where it seemed life was really bad? And as I read through this and as I looked through this, I started to think, how did I handle my, my year this year? How did I handle the situations that came along my way? Did I handle them well? Did I handle them in a right or correct way? Or did I handle it maybe without God? Did I handle it in a fleshly way? And I want to encourage you tonight, if life is eyeing you, then you can find some help within Psalm 143. The first thing I want you to notice is that when David was going through something, and I've got five simple things, and I'll go as really quick as I can, but five simple things. In verse 7, the Bible says, Hear me speedily, O Lord. Hear me speedily, O Lord. Verse 1 of Psalm 143 says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. The very first thing that David did was he jumped on Facebook and said, Woe is me, have a look at my life. Does the Bible tell us that? No. He didn't, uh, he didn't find a friend. He didn't, um, he didn't seek the counsel of others. He went to God and said, God, please hear my prayer. 
the very first thing that you can do when life eyes you and you're going to have some challenges in life is to pray. It would seem logical for a Christian to pray when things are tough. But you'll find, for some reason, we, we seem to try and find escapes or people that can help. And so often we just forget to do the simple things of Christianity. So often we forget to pray. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 34 and verse 15, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. I think it says 3415. It says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, sorry, and his ears are open unto their cry. God is willing to hear. God is willing to, to listen to what you have to say. Um, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 1, when he realises that, that Saul is after him, he goes to Jonathan, his friend, and he says, what have I done? Why is this happening? Well, what is the whole purpose of this in a nutshell? And Jonathan doesn't have any answers. And, you know, we can go to our friends. I can go to Brother Andrew and say, Brother Andrew, why is life treating me like this? Andrew might go, well, um, don't know, bro. It's pretty tough, isn't it? And he can try and comfort. He can try and give some advice. But Andrew's not going to have the answer. I can ask my wife. I could say, why are these things happening? And, and she won't have the answers. I can go to pastor. Pastor, why, why is this now? A pastor might have a little bit more insight. He, he might have a, um, a little bit more things to say. But ultimately, God is the only one that can really help me in this particular problem. God is the only one, in, and I think David realises this. That's why he says, God, hear me. He says in verse 7, hear me speedily. I need some answers. I need some help. Prayer should never be the last resort. Prayer should never be the last resort. Psalm 57 Verse 1 and 2, it says, on David again, he says, <clears throat> Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in, in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. He says, God, have mercy on me. There's some issues that are going on and I can't, I, I can't seem to do anything about it. The, the, these are calamities. The only place I can go to is you until these things are passed. I cry unto God, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. David certainly found, found some help in prayer. Verse 1 of uh, Psalm, Psalm 143. No, of, um, sorry, Psalm 57. Verse 1 of Psalm 57. David says, he says, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. Then he says, for my soul trusteth in thee. David found that there was a place that he could trust God. There was some confidence in God. Prayer should have some faith. We need to be able to believe what God can do. David's soul trusteth in God. I like the illustration in, uh, in verse 1 there where it talks about that he will find uh, rest or um, in under God's wings, he'll be able to find some refuge. Reminds me of the verse in, in Matthew chapter 11, 28, 29, where it says, come unto me, all you that, that labour and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. When we come to God in prayer, we can actually find some comfort. We can actually find some rest. It shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first resort. 
God should be the one that we go to to give us some help. God can help. God understands all that you're going through. And I think in, the, in Psalm 143 verse 7, David realises he can't do anything about it himself. He says, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. David realises, I can try everything that I can think of to fix these situations or to get out of this situation, but in the end, I just can't seem to do it. And my spirit's failing. No matter how hard I try, I don't seem to get anywhere. And I think that's what happens when we decide to take on the world, when, the, when, when life eyes us or the world is eyeing us and it seems to have it in for us. If we neglect God and decide to go on our own, I guarantee you that your spirit will fail. You won't be able to achieve what you need. You won't be able to defeat all that life brings you. But within God, you can. So David's first thing, according to Psalm 143, is hear me. God, I need need you to hear me. When was the last time you really poured out your heart to God and said, God, I'm going through some tough things. I need you to hear me. I know as Christians, we understand God hears all and he knows all because of who he is. But I think God really enjoys us calling out for help. God, I need your help. I need you to hear what's going on in my life. And just pour out your heart to him and say, God, hear me, hear me speedily. Verse 8 gives us the next thing. So the first thing David did when life was eyeing him was say to God, hear me. The second thing he says in verse 8 is cause me. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. To me, that phrase in the morning is, is very key. To me, it, it kind of describes a relationship with God. Causing, we're asking God, please cause me to, to understand you, to know more about you. I don't know about you, but sometimes that just doesn't come naturally. Understanding who God is just doesn't come naturally for me. Understanding what, how God works and, and why he does things and, and seeing that the way he does things It just doesn't come naturally for me to understand why that is happening. Sometimes we need to ask God, I'm not really, I can't see why this should take place. Cause me to understand why it is taking place. And that's only ever going to come through as we daily get to know God a bit more. As we get to understand his word. And that's where to me that key is in the morning. Cause me to hear the loving kindness in the morning. If I don't spend any time with God at all, if I don't read, if I don't spend any time in prayer, I'm probably never going to understand what God wants. I'm never going to understand why God is allowing this to happen. But David says, cause me. David really wanted to know all about what what God was doing. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness. God wants to teach us all about his loving kindness. We need to spend time with God not just in troubles, but even when things are going good. I can't stress it enough. It's something I need to do more. It's something I need to find time to spend with God. And it's interesting that God puts that in there in the morning, before we get going into the world, before we get going into our job, before we get going into the ministry or before we get going into school or before we get going into family situations. 
it's good to uh, have God cause us to understand what he wants for us. Doesn't the Bible tell us that, that, uh, that God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us? And I think it's in Hebrews 13. God will never leave us nor forsake us. We'll only understand that about God's loving kindness if we spend time with God and in his word. David really wanted to know firstly about God's loving kindness, but he also wanted to know the way he's supposed to walk. What's the way through this situation? How am I supposed to deal with this? He tells us that in, in verse 8. For in thee do I trust. There's that faith again. But it says, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. God, I need some comfort from you. Because these struggles, they're really bad. I need some support and help. But please show me how am I to live through this. Show me the path I'm supposed to take. How am I supposed to get through this? Cause me. It's interesting that word cause me or cause. As I mentioned, it doesn't come easily. I don't just naturally gravitate to God and understand and obey. God, have you ever said that? God caused me to do something. I can't do it on my own. I naturally just can't obey you all the time. Cause me to, to know how to do that. And just as I'm thinking about that now, that can be a dangerous thing because if we're asking God to cause us to do something, then we're, we're opening up ourselves up to God to, to cause us to do something. So if we're going to pray this and if we're going to mean this, then we've got to be ready for how, how God starts to work and to cause us to do his, his will. Cause me. Sometimes we just need to ask God what we're to do. The Bible says often, I think it's in James, it says, um, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we just don't have the answers to things because we just, we just forget to ask. We want to seek counsel from somebody else, but we often forget God. And I think there's a key here is that when we ask God, cause me to understand how I'm supposed to get through this, the key is David... Uh, although I'm going to sound like I've just con- I'm about to contradict myself here, but David doesn't say, take me out of the problem. But he says, show me how I can walk through it. Show me the path I'm supposed to walk. I think that's the key. God doesn't want to just take us out of the issues. When life eyes us, there are some things that we can learn. There are some things that we can actually gain and increase in wisdom and knowledge and ability. But then in verse 9, he does use the word, or the term, deliver me. Now, I think I'll explain this, hopefully, and that'll understand my last comment about verse 8. But in verse 9, he says, Deliver me, O Lord, <clears throat> from mine enemies. What I think about this, when we think about Psalm 57, <clears throat> Psalm 57, we're going to have a look at some, some verses in, in this. Let's go down to, we, we, we've read verse 1 and verse 2. Let's look at verse 3. It says, he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. God's going to send and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. I think about the world and those that are against us. When they do come against us, it's kind of like, we get so overwhelmed with things that it seems like 
We're just getting swallowed up with everything. There have been some times this year where I've just wanted to pull out my hair. The only problem is I don't have much to pull out left anymore. All right, that was that's probably the beginning of the year I, I had a great Afro flock of hair. And now look at it, at the end of the year, I've, I've hardly got anything left because of life eyeing me. Life curse you. Life's done that to my hair. But it seems like we can be so overwhelmed that we just, we, we just don't know what to do. It's like we just give up. God, I, I'm at a loss. I've had some personal things <clears throat> this year where, with some family issues where, where things have got, have got pretty bad, have gotten pretty hard with things that have been said, things that have been done. And it's like I throw my hands up and I say, God, I, I don't know what to do. It's like I'm just so overwhelmed with this. And, and I, still to this day, I don't completely understand all why things have gone on the way they've gone on. But God, deliver me from this. Don't take me completely out of it, but deliver me from the overwhelmingness of it. Deliver me from the naysayers and, and the reproach and those that are against me. I know I'm going to go through it, but deliver me so I just don't get over, uh, so I don't get so swollen up by it that I get lost in there. I don't want to get lost in there. Have you ever noticed how things can get so tough? How life can just be so overwhelming and consuming, and you feel like you're drowning in confusion and hurt. Have a look in, in Psalm 57, verse 4. David kind of describes his overwhelming feeling that he's got. He says, my soul is among lions. It's it's pretty descriptive. My soul is among lions. And I lie even among them that are set on fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Verse 6, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down and they have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they have fallen themselves. A lion, fire, um, teeth of spears, arrows, tongue a sharp sword. Very descriptive of being overcome with, with what's happening around him. All because someone's eyed him. And David's saying, please deliver me so I don't get so consumed by it. You know what happens? When that happens, sometimes we can become consumed not only with what's going on around us, but with even our own self-pity. Have you ever had that where things have gone so bad and, and you, you get, I mean, you get the, uh, on the old pity party streamers, you get your own popcorn, you get your own soft drink and you think, just, I'm, I just want to dwell with, within this pity party of, of mine. No one else is invited. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wallow in it. Sometimes we just say, God, please deliver me from that. I don't want to get so down where I just think, Everybody's against me. People can try and help, and, but because we're not seen clearly, people that are trying to help, we, we kind of force them away. And we kind of think that they're the enemy as well because we're feeling so down. And then not only that, but once we get into that situation, then we can start having our own self-condemnation. Well, I'm really... The reason why this is all happening is because it must be really bad and God hates me and everybody hates me and life's just finished and... I can't even do this right and I can't even do that right. And God, deliver me from that. Deliver me from my own self-condemnation. Move quite along. We've only got two more to go. Verse 10, Psalm 143, David says, Teach me. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. 
So David's he's, he's realised first thing he should do is pray, then spend some time with God and get God to cause me, then deliver me. But now we're kind of, um, as God starts to reveal things, then something has to happen. You actually got to listen to what God says. You actually got to put into practice what God says. So this is where David says, God, please teach me. God always has the answers. We just need to, to listen and to obey. It's now time for you to listen to what God has to say. Have you, re- have you realised when there's a problem and someone gives you the answer, if you don't listen, have you ever realised that nothing changes? If, if you've got a sickness and the, and the doctor gives you some medication that'll fix it and you don't take the medication, guess what? You're going to remain sick. It's just common sense. And that's what it's like with God. As God starts to reveal things, we need to listen to what he says. We need to understand in verse 10, it says, David says, Thou art my God. We have a great God who, who is our, who is our um, heavenly father. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And he actually wants to help you when life eyes you. He actually wants to show you how you can get through it. He actually wants you to come out the other end of it or the other side of these problems so much better than when you went in. We just need to listen. We need to be taught. The hard thing is when we're in the middle of this problem, sometimes it's not natural to, uh, to, be, taught by some, uh, to be taught by someone. But we need to, by at this stage, if we've been praying, if we've been reading and getting to know God, if we've been um, seeking God to help us, then we should be at a point where we can actually listen. He is our God, the psalmist says. Notice what he says in verse 10 as well. Thy spirit is good. God is good. We know that. In everything, God is good. Even in the hard times, we can say that God is good because he understands and because he's allowed these things. And as we listen to him, verse 10 says, and lead me into the land of uprightness. God can actually start to turn things around within your mind. You can now start to cope with these things. You can now start to deal with these things and God can now bring you around. And verse 11, as we get ready to finish, as I, um, as I try and I get through this quickly, verse 11, he says, quicken me. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. The word quicken has the idea of, of revival. Revival. We, we can actually go into this being eyed and everything bring us so low, we can actually come out revived. That's amazing to me. That my tough year, I can actually look into next year, if the Lord allows us to have these next few weeks, I can actually come through with a bit of revival, with an actual change, not just a, oh God, you helped me, praise the Lord, but God, you've actually done some good things here. I can actually progress further and do more and handle what comes next even better because of what you've done. Not because Paul's anything, not because I can do anything. My soul's already failed, as David said. I don't know what to do. But God, you've actually helped and you've actually done some revival within the heart of me or in the heart of you or in the heart of David. He can actually say that. Quicken me for thy name's sake. God is the healer of my soul. Psalm 57 verse 7 There's a word there that really jumped out at me when I was reading through this. It says, my heart is fixed 
Now that has the meaning of being steadfast. It's a little bit more grounded. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. We can actually come through where before we were just wallowing in this, oh, these problems and this self-pity and self-condemnation. And when God works and we listen, instead of this drowning, my soul's fixed. I'm now steadfast. I'm not drowning anymore. God's God pulled me up and put me on a nice, solid, firm foundation. It's fixed. And then notice what he says in verse 7. I will sing and give praise. <clears throat> haven't been too many times where I've, where I've really felt like singing and giving praise because of the situations. Man, they've been things I really wouldn't want anyone to have to go through. Yet, uh, David says, my heart is now fixed. It's steadfast. You've helped me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sing and give thanks. When God works, it does, he does a work in the heart and he causes us to actually start doing some, starting to do things a little bit differently. We can sing, we can give praise, we can declare God's goodness to everybody, we can stand and testify what God has done. Notice verse 5 and verse 11 of Psalm 57. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. He says that twice, verse 11. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. When God starts to quicken us, when God brings some revival, when he starts to show us some things and it makes sense of everything, we can actually be changed within our heart we can magnify God, we can praise God, we can sing unto God. And it's not because of anything of us, which I've mentioned, but it's all because of who God is and God's goodness. So I can honestly say that even though my, uh, even though my year has been a struggle, I want to openly declare that God has been good through it all. He's never let me down. And when I have not known what to do, I have been able to trust the leading of the Spirit and the times I listen and obey. Things have always worked out beyond what I have ever thought possible and all praise to the Lord. So we're going to leave it there and uh, hope that's been a help to you. I've tried to stick to quarter eight. Get some time to pray now and uh, seek the Lord. And if you are going through something tough at the moment, this is your chance to think about what we've said and maybe apply some of those things. Just say, God, this is what's going on. And God will say, yep, I know. Just wanted you to actually tell me. And then go to God and and let's see what can happen at the end of this year. And let's pray for a good 2020 if the Lord allows that to happen. And uh, we look forward to... You want me to to pray? All right. Thanks, Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew wants me to pray, so I'm going to pray.